You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to the Faith Roots Podcast today. And we're talking about the Psalms and in particular... Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And that's where we're beginning. We're not going to take the whole psalm, but we are going to cover the first few verses because there's an amazing set of thoughts in those first few verses that can really help you. Now, what I want you to see is in the Old Testament, the highest thing that a, an observant Jew could do was to have a restored soul. There was nothing he could do to change his own spirit. And God was not in the business of changing spirits in those days. Uh, he was restoring people's souls. I want to read you Hebrews 10.1. The law, though able to foreshadow the better system, and that's what we have today. We're living in the better system, which was coming but it wasn't a perfect representation of the realities. It could never, with the same sacrifices that are perpetually offered year after year, give complete freedom from sin to those who drew near. The law couldn't do it. The reason the sacrifice wasn't enough. If they had been born again, it would have meant them that the value of a man was no different than the value of an animal. And the innocent animals whose blood was shed only served to foreshadow what was going to come with Jesus. Hebrews 10.4, for bulls and goats' blood is powerless to remove sins. And so there was no real change in the spirit. However, they did have an opportunity to restore the soul. Now you and I have been born again. When you receive Christ, you are born again. You've received new life. And, uh, and, and i got to say this, that there won't need to be any new changes to your spirit for you to go to heaven. Uh, when Christ returns, there will not be a change in your spirit at that point in time because the, the, that change has already taken place. The Bible says, if the spirit of him who raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit who dwells in you. Uh, that means that uh, uh, the power to resurrect us, it's already inside. We have it inside because God put his spirit in us when we were born again. Now, that power has not been signaled by the Lord. And it's like a device, a remote control device. When God is ready to raise us, the signal is sent to the power that's already in us. Boom! And we are resurrected. We receive a new body. But that signal hadn't been sent yet. But the power is already there. God's already given us this by giving us His Holy Spirit. Now, the saving of the soul then is something they could do in the Old Testament. And it's something we still do here in the New Testament era. But it's an ongoing process. Your soul needs to be saved all the time. However, the saving of the Spirit 
is a, a one-time thing. It's when we're born again. Listen to what Jesus said. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. So right here it makes it very clear. When we're born again, it's the Spirit that's born again, not the soul. It is the Spirit. The soul is completely renewed and restored. Now, the restoring of the soul is done by remembering what is written in God's Word. Uh, here we go, Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. It is remembering these benefits that our souls are affected. And before we get into this in any other depth, I, I just got to say this, and this is so important. Don't separate God's goodness from what He does. I know a lot of people serve God and they their relationship is all about the stuff. All they think about is, what can God do for me today? And some people react against that and, the, and it's like a tug of war. You pull so hard, you go too far the other direction. And when they go too far the other direction, they say, I love God for who He is, not for what He does. I hate to hear people say that because what He is is what He does. He's a redeemer. I mean, uh, the, all through these praises that we read about in, in Scripture, when we see the character of God, it, it is what He does that reflects who He is. Uh, li listen, if I beat my wife and don't pay uh, to, to support my kids and, 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 and I'm a terrible father, uh, I'm a rotten guy. I can't say, well, really, I'm a good guy because I was friendly to some people. Listen, you are what you do. God is good because of the things that he does. Listen to how he introduces himself to Moses. This is Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. Those are descriptions of what someone does. Long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That's a generous God. So who God is is revealed by the good things that He does. And I get it that some people focus more on the stuff. I get it. But you know what? That doesn't take away from the fact that God does good things because He is good. Now, Moses records this in Exodus 34. We run about a thousand years later, and the Jewish people have been carried off into captivity. Now Daniel, who was of the tribe of Judah, is carried into the land of Babylon. He and his generation experienced the judgment of God. But even in this judgment, those who were right, men like Daniel, his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God put his hand on them, and God blessed them in the midst of this. So Daniel has prayed now because he's been in this captivity for almost 70 years, and he knows that it's supposed to end. So he begins to pray, and listen to what he says, Daniel 9, 4. And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and I made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God. Now why did he say that? Because God had shown his judgment to the disobedient people. But then listen to what he says. Keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. And he is praying about God reversing the captivity and sending the Jewish people back to their country, which is exactly what God did. So even though Daniel had seen judgment come on wicked people, he still understood the essential nature of God. 
and that the essential nature of God is good, and God is good because He does good. And so don't get trapped in this religious idea that that God is is too big, too powerful, too busy to think about you. I'm not going to bug God with my little things, things that I need. I'm not going to talk. He's got a universe to run. I hate to hear people say that. You're denying the omniscience of God and the omnipotence of God. God could heal six billion of us at one time, and it never put a strain on His power. Listen to me. God could provide for every person, man, woman, boy, and girl on planet earth, and it wouldn't put a strain on His omnipotence and omniscience. God knows the numbers of hairs on our head. If He knows all of that, He is not bothered by our prayers, even when we bring Him things that would seem small and unimportant to other people. It's because God is good. God is good. He wants us to call Him Abba, Father. That's like Daddy. This is someone who takes a personal interest in you. Oh, listen to me. I, I just, I, I'm grieved sometimes when I hear the way people describe the Father because they give you the impression that He's distant, that He doesn't really care, and that, that, you, and that you can't know Him in goodness and cruel things that happen. I, there was a doctrine 45 years ago that was floating around, and it was thank God for everything because if you're a Christian, everything that happens in your life is from the Lord. That's what was being taught. And I thought, this is ridiculous. This is not God. This does not agree with Scripture. It doesn't agree with who God is. I'm not going to go down to one restaurant and pay the bill when I ate food at the other restaurant. God is good. I'm not going to give uh, uh, the the devil. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to or give Father God credit for what the devil does. And and neither should you. Listen to me. That's one of the great things you had to learn when you first begin to walk with God. Is who's doing this? Is this coming from God? Is this coming from the devil? And unfortunately, a lot of people are giving credit to God for what the devil does, and they don't realize God's good. Jesus said in John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's a good God. The Lord is good. And so that's what we want to start with as we get into this song. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Some benefits are more important than others, and we're going to talk about that. And this psalm distinguishes that, and we'll see that when we get into the next episode. So that's all the time I have today, but we'll come right back and pick this up. Thanks. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.